Welcome back to The Risk Report. This is episode 91, and today we have a very, very special guest. He is a producer, a drummer, a singer, the legendary lo-fi bad boy himself, Mr. Trey Dark. What's going on, man? What up, bro? Thanks for having me. Thank you for making the drive. Another Trippy Tea Tuesday, man. Yeah, Trippy Tea Tuesday. I like that it happened on. It just happened to fall on a Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah, man. Tuesdays on a Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So Tuesdays just feel like, I don't know, sacred to me these days. At least this mm. year it's become a little sacred. You know? Ooh. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah, yeah. It is sure. sacred. Taco Tuesday. And- <laughs> <laughs> really, the Hullabaloo Tuesday is what made it sacred. Yeah, that's that's kind of it for me. And just uh, more or less just all the magnificent people that I've either acquainted before but more or less the quote unquote and literally speaking soul fam of, of people that I've uh, got to intimately know this, this past year. Yeah. 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 There's the only other place I ever saw this or felt this kind of energy and this has its own, you know, essence, Mm -hmm. but it was the funky Buddha. And that's where I met you for the first time, you know? Yeah, man. Funky Buddha had something going on like that where the, musicians that were coming and you know shout out to kevin stewart's birthday today yeah my boy kevin stewart (laughs) shout out kevin stewart fucking stewart yeah Yeah. i gave him the old uh happy vaginal exodus day thing that that he does oh yeah he everybody's birthday he would always post that happy vaginal exodus Exodus. day yeah and just the cringe and the (sighs) That happens every time that's dropped. Yeah, because you see all probably all the families or whatever. Everybody, like, well, that's everybody so and their mom. Just... I love it though. I, I, so I gave him the yeah. whole copy paste. I went back to mine and looked for when he did it on yeah. March, and yeah. I sent him the old copy vaginal paste. exodus day. <laughs> that's funny, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, shout out to that boy, man. Yeah, yeah, very special people we get to meet doing this. Yeah. So I could see that being sacred. Yeah. I mean, I feel like anywhere you make a community Hmm. and, uh, you know, sometimes it allows, you know, like different people in their community, they have different roles, you know? And I noticed that um, in comparison with these Tuesday nights at Hullabaloo versus Funky Buddha Jams from back in the day pre-pandemic, it's more or less you're kind of like, either helping guide or just flat out giving people purpose. Yeah. Regardless of how permanent that purpose is, Mm -hmm. it's like a direction, you know? Right. And people respond to that, especially when, you know, everybody wants to, in their heart of hearts, I think, will want to, you know, show up to a room and feel welcome. Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of what it is. So a weekly basis, you know, could be like therapy for some people. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I mean, because it is such a hard thing to pursue and continue 
especially when life happens, you know, mm-hmm. and um, getting to meet these other artists and now getting to have people on the podcast and interested like Cleo and getting mm. to meet Matt and Shout getting their story, <laughs> you know, it's, you see that. And I, and I have been seeing that the purpose, bro, you gave, you pulled me back in there, mm. you know, for weeks I would go there and you'd be like, yo, sign up, sign up. And I just, for some reason I was like, not, I was nervous or I didn't, I was unsure of myself because it had been those pandemic years, this two years of not performing. And so I would see the people going up and I'd see you and I'd see Matt and I'm like, oh my goodness, they are so good. I don't know how, you know, like <laughs> if I should, if I should do this, mm. but you know, you pulled me out and you, you, every week you didn't yeah. judge. You would just say, sign up, sign up. And then there was one last week, dude, where you looked at me and you said, you said, sign up differently. Yeah. You were like, yo, sign up, you know, like sign more up. serious. And so th- I did that and it, it all clicked. It yeah. all kind of clicked there. And then I've just been going since that day, man. So thank you to that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I, no, no better place um, I could see you than on stage, at least on a Tuesday night. You know what I mean? Um, seeing you in that room, like it got to a point where you just show up like consistently. I'm like, this dude is in this motherfucker is not signing up again this week. After all you and I have been through, man, yeah, and just like where I would just the point where I would just no matter what was going on, I would just throw you up on the mic and just freestyle on top of whatever fuck was going on, and you would like crush yeah. it every time. Yeah, to, to having the cold feet. I mean, I get it. Yeah, it's a it's a different pond for sure, but you know, the only thing different about the ponds are the fish, you know. Right. And, <laughs> uh, it kind of reminds me of like something I heard recently where imposter like imposter syndrome mm-hmm. like it, it can not that as being something new or a new concept but more so the paradigm of sometimes imposter syndrome is syndrome is a good thing it's like letting you know that there is a space for you to succeed it's mm-hmm. like kind of like fear fear is the opportunity to accrue and acquire courage mm-hmm. you know and you, and a lot of yeah it'll humble that. you for sure to have that yeah. mentality and that's what keeps us makes yeah. humans survive is to have that fear and i think it was maybe a combination of things of not performing and not being out and and around that anymore yeah. and, but i still had it in there just mm-hmm. needed to, and bro, I mean, I had this anxiety that I've never had before performing, before going up. I was like, oh my God, I was going out to the back. I was, you know, saying my lyrics over and over again. Yeah. I was like, you know, and then it was, as soon as I w- did it, it was like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders. And then from now on, I've just been every, br- I haven't missed yet, yeah. except the hurricane. Of That's the only day that I didn't go, but. Yeah, understandably so. I haven't missed since then because I feel like, I need to go and be around you and all these other musicians. And like you said, kind of just be a part of this. And in mm-hmm. history, we look back and we see these art movements. You know, I studied art history. So I got, I you learn about all these movements of painters, but these painters were also, it wasn't just art like that. It was music or mo- theater or plays or, or books. It was just these people that would hang out at these bars and, eventually they make 
they they're come to known as these movements the dada movement the mm. you know the surrealist movement really the, yeah the impressionists you know so it's just these misfits that would kind of band together mm. and at the time they're broke artists and you know they're just struggling to make it and and then time goes by and it's known as a certain movement and that's what i feel like is going on in this area mm. and with the people that we have you know is there is a little movement going on of whatever it is you know yeah. it's a spiritual sacred thing yeah for sure man um uh, like i said community and inspiring you know purpose within somebody it, it does a lot mm -hmm. it works miracles to be honest with you yeah yeah man uh, i've seen a lot of people that like never like never performed on stage before and you know but they're so passionate about it. they do it all and all the magic in their bedroom go <laughs> but uh you know if they're embraced with love and welcomed with love and you know are felt like that they have a place and a space um in the same space with everybody else you know after a while you, you just see him come alive. I remember this one story that happened probably a few months ago. It was like, uh, even on uh, at Hullabaloo Tuesdays, there's like this one table where I'm like playing drums. And I'm like looking at this table. It's like beautiful women, of course. Mm -hmm. But there's one in particular where it just had such nervous energy because, you know, I told you about the impasse stuff. It's like they didn't say or do anything. I'm just like noticing their body language. I'm like, what are they nervous about? Yeah. Come to find out the person that was nervous was going, like, up, on was going up on stage, yeah. finally gets their name called. And it was their birthday, mm. and they've never played with a band or done anything live before. Was this a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, yeah uh, if you I remember, remember right? her. Yeah, yeah, she had short hair. Yep, yeah. I'm like, I'm, she sang. She sang yeah. great. She it started singing. Good. She started out being nervous, and then and once everybody broke. was like, "Woo!" and yeah, and started like I really remember. supporting this. You know, the fact that she was just doing, you know, giving it her all. Like mm -hmm. all of a sudden, her whole posture changed. Like all the nerves, you just literally mm -hmm. see all the, you know any nervous energy or anxiety that she did have. It's like she had a jacket on. She took that jacket I off remember. and threw it on the ground and rolled on the floor and just rocked out. Like mm -hmm. that was going to be her last song ever, you know, yeah. God forbid. but that she, she gave it her all like that was going to be her last and she's never done it before. Mm -hmm. But all I have to say, it's like the pretty much just the love, mm -hmm. you know, yeah encouraging inspiring everybody and supporting everybody it it does something to you you know there's nothing like putting batteries in in somebody's back and let them go right <laughs> yeah it's like look at them go and that's um yeah i mean yeah. it's like um that's what music is too is that energy that is hard to describe yeah you know so that is something ethereal right there where yeah it is a warmth. That's what I've been describing this area too, or this community as warm. Hmm. There's a warmth to to that, hmm. to um, getting embraced, your talents or your gifts or your passions, mm -hmm. getting embraced with open arms. Yeah, man. You know? Yeah. Especially this day and age, man. It, you know, uh, it means a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's like you see it after a while, you know, uh especially depending where you know we don't know where everybody's coming from we have no idea where everybody's coming from and um you know we don't have no idea what day they had before they got there 
what week, what month, you know, what, anyway. So all I have to say is like to, to come into such a warm space every week and, um, have people, you know, love on you and embrace you and pour life into you. Mm -hmm. it, you see, you see that, yeah. you know, there's a shift. And then also getting to see how beautiful that their talents are mm -hmm. and how everyone's individual talents, man, like mm -hmm. they really shine, bro. Like mm -hmm. the lady who comes by with the flute. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I hope she comes tonight. Man. She, I think she will because she yeah. got, you know, she was embraced so warmly that first time. And that first time was so amazing, bro. Yes. Yeah. And I saw her at civil society yeah, the, on been Wednesday. Go, man. Dude. Been to go. Bro. And she started that's where she started doing the words, the poetry in between it, the flute. Yeah. And Matt, just the vibe Matt was putting on. But yeah. Yeah. When you guys went up the first time and you let her do the thing. You let her do her flute. And it was, you know, to see the shift in the room where even the drunk um bystanders that are just there for yeah. the drink and the food, yeah, you see them. It's finally stop talking. Yeah, you know, you feed them finally shut the fuck up and everyone, the whole room's quiet. That's the only artist that whole night, I'm pretty sure, made everyone quiet to yeah. really look. And she wasn't speaking at all. At man. all. Just hitting that flute, that ancient shit, bro. Literally a different, different frequency. Yeah. Uh, it, it pierced oh, something. So yeah. it was high vibrational. So like it, it pierced any low vibrations mm. in the room for a moment, you know? Interesting. Kind of like uh, when you have like a, if you were to take like water and you put like a bunch of black pepper in it, you know, and then all of a sudden you just run your finger through it real quick and like it just separates for a while. Yeah. And then it eventually comes It'll back. It'll come to back normal. to you. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. It was beautiful. And then just, you know, have you just start coming in and, and then the band coming in. That shit is very special to watch. Yeah. Very special to be a part of. And to be on the other end, I don't even give a shit about being a performer at that point. Mm. You know, I told Cleo when I saw her the first time, bro, she put me in a trance. Yeah. Because yeah, she really that. did. Power, I sat right Cleo. in front of her and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, man. Yeah. Never have I heard a, per a voice like that in person, like, you know, up close like that. Yeah, man. She's She's got a very unique and powerful voice. I'll say that for sure. Shout out to Cleo. Mm -hmm. Powerhouse Cleo. Yep. Yeah, so it's it's great to just be a part of this area but you do a lots of shows you do so west palm you only come up here about what once a week uh on average you know unless i'm doing something separate with with matt brown and mm. uh performing with him otherwise i'm more or less you know uh just actually no i i do the whole cover band thing so that takes me up in like west palm and mm. jupiter and stewart oh well you got to let me know when you're up here because i'd love to come watch that all right <laughs> we're gonna be doing a lot of countries <laughs> that's the is that still the band with kevin or is this uh, uh another band no, kevin's still state of flux right kevin's state of flux that's um metal band and then uh he and i do a similar outfit cover band outfit with uh a mutual friend and that's more like country covers and stuff like oh. that. Um, well, but, shit, I'm interested to hear in that. Dude. Okay. You I guys mean, should play at this Renegades right over here. There's Renegade. a little, uh, you know, the whole line dancing and shit. Yeah, I think we actually uh, have, um, 
we have something lined up soon for that this coming year. Uh, book out months and months in advance. It's right here, two minutes down the road. So I'll definitely stop by there. Yeah, nice man. Yeah, we definitely, definitely have to book out months and months in advance and make sure you know where your your money's coming from. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a competitive. It's competitive lifestyle for sure. For sure. And now, did you get it? Did you? take a hit or see a change or you know how did you have to adapt in the pandemic years uh yeah i think we covered this once but pretty much when the pandemic hit um you know when they started allowing uh entertainment again you know god was good um i I definitely was working through the pandemic um it was just duo myself uh my buddy and he plays guitar and sings i play drum and sing and we normally you know perform throughout the week um as a duo outfit and do that so um it was kind of like a no-brainer when people wanted entertainment especially Mm -hmm. working the circuits that we work some places that are less corporate you know we ended up um they were just like, hey, man, uh, we, we can pay you cash. You know, we can't, you know, this, that, and a third about taxes and yada, yada, and code. Yeah. And, you know, and we were, we would be there, you know. <laughs> so becoming house bands for like certain places. Some places, you know, and, you know, more work than most hmm. at the time. You know, I'm not going to sit in here and say like, you know, the, the, like the first, second wave of like, the pandemic wasn't like the most breezy experience it wasn't but as far as you know the common everyday gigging musician in a bar god is good god is you good. know we we were definitely uh our problems weren't as abundant as others so mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you had been working towards it for so long, you know, your whole life, pretty much. Yeah. So sure. you're you're in that position to uh, you've you've put yourself and through the grace of God, you know, mm. in the best position you could to to do what you can and during those tough times, you know. Yeah. Um, the hardest thing you can do, regardless of even spirituality, it's just like relationship. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I want to steer it towards. It's like the hardest thing you could do as a person in the middle of the deepest of struggle is trust somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what we saw with the whole pandemic too. Right. It was hard to it's hard to trust somebody. So for mm-hmm. me, my relationship with God, you know, I always have to remind myself that the physical, everything that happens is a physical. Ninety percent of the time, it's just the manifestation of things that were already works that were already done in the spiritual. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I, I can't sit here and, you know, not act like my relationship with God is deep, you know, like I, I definitely, a lot of people look at me and be like, Oh bro. Like when they realize some of the stats and accolades, they'll be like, Oh, well, how do you stay working like this? Like you don't clock in anywhere. I'm like, no, I don't. You, so you just play music mm-hmm. all, all week through. Yes, I do. Yeah. Well, how do you do that? Like, who does your booking? I literally tell people <laughs> this whole year, I've been telling people, God does my booking. Oh, I like that. I want for nothing. I lack nothing. Yeah. I, you know, I'd be remiss if I can't, you know, look up and give thanks mm-hmm. because 
I literally don't ask any people, anybody for gigs. It just comes to you. Mm-hmm. It really it's, does. And it's not even about skill. It's not about like, oh, well, you're good and you're, it, it's not, for me, it's never been on that. My ego is, I'm not looking for, for those things, you know, mm-hmm. it's just straight up just living in your purpose because mm-hmm. we all have one. When you find your purpose, live in your purpose, sacrifice your purpose for nothing and no one mm-hmm. and be grateful and give, find a way to serve with your purpose. And those things end up just, it's like a the water cycle after a while, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just flows. Yeah. You know, so yeah, God is definitely good. And I, I'm so grateful. I know. I see that. <clears throat> I see that too. I'm able to relate to that. Pursuing my passions. Mm-hmm. And after a while you get to, you know, you get a little older, you get to see things a little bit from the step back mm-hmm. and you realize that it's, these things, yeah, even though you're working towards them and setting yourself up for them, and they really do just kind of happen organically, manifest. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to paint a 9,000 square foot mural. Oh, yeah. That that was for sure God helping me out at that time. That was at the pinball The pinball, museum. yeah, the silver ball museum. Yeah, man. I can't, I can't go by, uh, like, go on Atlantic Ave without, like, seeing it at least once. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man, you did a great job, dude, and uh, you know, always so proud of you. Thank you, bro, uh, for all the works that you've done. You I know? appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. But you know, like we're just doing our passion, even though we're doing what we love. Now we're put in a position, you know, where we can, like you said earlier at the of the podcast, the purpose thing. Mm-hmm. You know, where you see that you give somebody purpose, who knows how what that could do to them, and you know, them in turn do for others. Yeah, I've been having this thought lately that, you know, about angels Mm -hmm. and that at certain moments we are angels to certain people and Mm -hmm. at certain moments others are angels to us and so forth, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's almost like just being a vessel at that moment, that particular moment, Mm. you know? Yeah, man, for sure, man. Uh, Yeah, we are all energetically sensitive, like metaphorically dowel rods you know and we channel a lot of things that we do is just channel the energy around us Mm -hmm. um so yeah the the angel thing for sure the light and dark for sure yeah you know um yeah it's it's uh it's interesting to watch especially Mm -hmm. when you're kind of like behind the drums or in the band like seeing how certain vibrations that you're putting out affects others, you know? Right. Like I DJ, you know, every Monday at 10 roof and like, depending on what record I'm playing, like, you know, completely will change the atmosphere of the room. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Like from genre to genre to maybe the lyrical content, like for example, you know, of course, you know, you have the typical ratchet shit where mm-hmm. you want to clap your cheeks, you yeah. know, but yeah. then you have uh, maybe more dance and post-disco, like the new, like, Beyonce Break My Soul record. Sure. You know, you get people. Some Dua Lipa like, type shit. It starts getting, like, very high vibrational. People mm-hmm. are having a good time and hugging and kissing and having, an, you know, embracing each other and stuff like that. But then you get to the future and the, that. SoundCloud rap era with mm. like the, 
you know, Percocet, Molly Percocet and all that type shit. And like things just get so like low and depressing. And then some people leave. You never know. Like, wow. you know, or it's, you know, I guess it all just depends on where everybody's. Or it brings out a certain energy and yeah, yeah. somebody you, in there, yeah. you know. You know, it's nothing like having <laughs> playing certain records that like, you know, DMX stop drop all of a sudden mm. there's a bar fight that happens i'm like all right oh, let me, bro i mean dude <laughs> let me change that record that's <laughs> yeah i mean if you're not fighting a dmx that's literally that's what you fight to right there mop my mine is uh it is dmx and it's yeah. um uh x gonna give it to you oh, whenever i hear boy. that uh, it's, it's I'm like, I'm up, like huh? yo if anyone tried me right now i wish they would bro <laughs> yeah, I wish they would. <laughs> yeah that's the song Turning to Will Smith, you know, mm -hmm. just well, out of nowhere, just go up and slap somebody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know me, I'm too pussy for that. I, I feel bad, but when oh, I was yeah. when I was like, I think twelve, we were mm. we were like seventh grade, mm. and my buddy had this garage with boxing gloves. He invited all the all the guys over. Yeah. He invited girls over, mm. so we just had a bunch of people in this garage. All the girls that we were crushing on or whatever, stand, watching us, and we would fight each other. Oh, like and spar, spar, fight. like we'd fight, yeah, with gloves. But we were going, oh. we were trying to impress girls and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they're, you know, you're getting hit hard. Yeah. And um, I remember just them playing X gonna give it to you and me just oh, whooping this kid's ass, bro. Sean, if you're hearing from England, shout out, love you, bro. But that was, a, was that was a good was. one. That was a good uh, one. That was it. Yeah, so I have that fond memory of it. So whenever I hear that song, I'm like, that's the fucking that's a joint. Song. That's a joint. <laughs> it's interesting, man. Music. <sighs> and then over time, too, like records over time, I think yeah. they get a, they do get something around them. Mm. I also think the more that people listen to a song or a composition or watch a movie or whatever form, you know, the more that people consume it mm -hmm. the more power it it gains from it in a weird sense the power that what gains from the the actual work mm -hmm. so a song you know mm -hmm. these timeless songs that we have mm -hmm. and how many people have how many millions and millions and millions of people have listened to certain songs mm -hmm. there's got to be a certain power that goes to that lyric the music and the melody you know if that if that makes some sense, you it, know. Yeah, it's um. Even if it's just a lyric, you know, hearing it, it's a lyric for now. But then, like hearing it in repetition and singing it in repetition, eventually becomes a mantra. A mantra. That's a great right analogy. And then, eventually, if you believe and resonate with those words, the more you repeat that mantra, you kind of become it, or it mm. becomes you. Mm -hmm. you know you kind of just ref that's why like everything's you know in the physical again is just the manifestation of the spiritual or a reflection of what's spiritually going on mm -hmm. you know it's like ah man like we could really dig in that one <laughs> that's a that's a deep hole man. that's a deep one yeah man yeah man uh it's like that's kind of like if anybody like gets to know me, know me personally, they know like I'm not a music snob, but at the same time, it's hard for me to conform. Conform's a bad word. It's hard for me to participate in a lot of 
newer records that's happened in the last like decade Mm. you know again i remember the whole like pill epidemic with the fentanyl actually side note i uh i want to anybody who's listening that knows the mutual friend uh claudio vasconcellis we lost him uh recently and he's actually been to the amp not performing but he he started coming to support me because he knew i was going and i want to give a shout out to he Mm. and his family and uh express love because we lost him to fentanyl um but off of that i will say that um not that it's really the artist or anything the art and you know the responsibility of art but more so the the consumption of the art and whether you make their art like a mantra you know yeah uh especially if it reciprocates what you're feeling or the way you think you know i i have a hard time just bopping to anything right. i have a hard time just listening to anything you know um everything's always mood based of course but but yeah, you're cautious of what you consume. Yeah. Or what you like, let even, get in, you know, in your head. Yeah, just like food, you know, and people get like really just diet so conscious about like, like I'd say if you're vegan, you know, like you're not just gonna, you know, eat this burger because everybody else is eating this burger and this burger place is really good. You're vegan. Like, yeah, it's not in alignment with how you like to govern your vessel. Um, So music has been, the older I get, more so the same way because it's, literally one of the most powerful things that we can produce as human beings besides other humans. Yeah. You know, and because it's all vibrational Mm -hmm. and um, yeah, I just remember again, the, the like kid Cudi, you know, OG to some, Um, I remember when we first came out and I was like, yo, you know, the day and night, yeah. What? What? That's the only song I like by him. Yeah. And I was like, let me listen to the rest of this record. Solo, dolo, and just oh, the yeah. whole thing was just for me. I don't know. Like too low. It, yeah. Okay. I was too was, low vibrationally. It, it's too low vibrationally. Um, and I just did not like the. Not the the exactly. He's he has everybody has a right to, you know, express what they want to express, but. Mm-hmm. Again, with consumption, I was like, man, I can't subscribe to this. And then that, you know, he's he is like one of the, in my opinion, I guess, or my observation, he's one of the leaders of that new epidemic of like the depressing Depressed rap. rap. And, yeah, yeah. And, the, you know, in a way, everything has a purpose because it opens up more opportunities to speak on mental mm-hmm. health. Yeah. But to bring it all back home and why I'm even mentioning this is just that those who aren't as conscious of such things tend to make those lyrics and in the music their reality because it, it's already kind of identifiable with where they're at. Sure. And then that eventually always having it on repeat either for nostalgia or for it prolongs the cycle yeah. you know yeah and some people have you know have a hard time getting out of that 
sure. And then it becomes a whole culture after that. Then you have more than like five people, you know, identifying with the same narrative. I mean, think about all the kids that are identifying with little peep and X and all these guys. Yeah. This is, this is before Pete was for X. This is for, this is more the new generation. You know, I know know? the little kids, the kids, the middle school kids I teach and shit, they come up and they're like, Little Peep and X and all these, yeah. you know, and what's the other one? Any, any of the young ones who have died, all basically. All the littles and youngs. <laughs> yeah, all the ones that have died from drug overdoses. And I'm like, you, you know, know. And, Lil Wayne at one point. I remember like, oh, some yeah. of his mixtape shit. The, the only ones the drugs are gone. Yeah. I feel like dying. I remember that. Yeah. Like... <sighs> And I mean, they are capturing a moment in time, yeah. uh, something they're feeling. Yeah, <clears throat> but it is wise to be conscious about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and if you notice, Kid Cudi doesn't make music anymore. He's no, he's he put- dropped a single like a, a week or two. <laughs> oh well, he's back and forth because he was saying yeah. he didn't want to make music no more. And that's after and the Kanye. He's got an interesting, I think, after the Kanye. Maybe the getting free from Kanye kind of opened him a little bit, but. HBO documentary on on Kid Cudi and it's interesting because he does talk about the day and night that was like a kind of overnight success mm. MySpace days mm. and and then even though he immediately started living his dream from the get-go he couldn't handle it he like didn't really want to be there what like the fame or i think the fame and the pressure Mm -hmm. and so he was just coked up Mm -hmm. all the time Mm -hmm. and he realized that the coke made him even worse and Mm -hmm. made him way more depressed and Mm -hmm. but it's you know you see that for sure in the in the music and i was a big kid cuddy fan Mm -hmm. when he first came out Mm -hmm. but he you know he came out at the same time as wiz yeah and so they had a similar because Wiz is more up, upbeat, and in a sense, yeah, you know. He's, yeah, he's he's got more of the like the spirit behind it is is like just like have a good time and. Love I mean, he's song. laughing in the songs. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's, his it's laugh like is Snoop, iconic. You know? Yes, Literally it's like Snoop. Like Snoop, you, you know, obviously there's a lot of weed involved, but like it's not like you're not praising it, you're not mm-hmm. uh, glorifying anything, but just having a good time having a good time um and just to be clear i'm not saying like you know the release of the art is the problem it's the mindfulness of whether how much of it we take in uh, how, how much you 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 know take in yourself and mm-hmm. let it sew into you yeah you when know? i was 16 my dad i remember him having a talk with me about because i was really into immortal technique and diabolic oof 16 right but and and i had a diabolic cd the liar and the thief Mm. and i i mean his wordplay i still to this day think he's one of the best hip-hop wordplays ever like the way he rhymes and flows uh, diabolic diabolic yeah okay mortal technique just saying some insane shit with not with minimal flow shock rap yeah, shock rap. That's a good way. Yeah, it's trying to shock you. Diabolic rap. was shocking, but also like punchline after punchline and the wordplay. He was one of the first guys I really heard r- rhyme like three words together 
and or two were you know he at least every rhyme were two words rhyming mm. you know mm. so it's like uh uh slash your throat for a pack of smokes if my ass is broke you know mm. <laughs> stashing coke you know staying cool i ain't no nervous wreck i don't respect burning purple zest during urine test so it's that type of like that that you know the, yeah. the way he c- combines these these songs a conjunction the rhymes. lyrics but <laughs> hit but it's so <clears throat> aggressive mm. it's so angry yeah and uh, i remember him pointing that out to me that you know it's fine that you listen to this music but it's like you're listening to it all the time this is yeah. all you're listening to yeah and you're clearly angry you know yeah and um and i and I eventually i departed from that like uh i remember i realized that that's what my own music had a lot of anger and aggression and yeah. darkness and and then it just as i got out of that in my own experiencing life then the music eventually fell in line with that as well as to mm-hmm. being a little more open but i definitely have the darkness yeah. in my music and there's nothing wrong with that you know mm-hmm. like that's to release it in your art i feel is like really healthy mm-hmm. you know that's like a pen to pad with your thoughts, you know? Um, but again, I just want to harp on the, what you take in and the mindfulness of what you take in and like, just like you can take it in, just be mm-hmm. conscious that you're doing that, you know? Right. Because like Billie Eilish, just oh, amazing writing. Great. Melancholy as fuck. Mm-hmm. But you know, if there's no, guidance to let that little teenage girl be aware that this is kind of like back in the day in the 90s when you know video games and tv and the parents had to go you do know that this isn't real right this is this is just entertainment mm-hmm. you know this is you know it may feel real it may seem real but this is entertainment like you you know don't i you know even if it's identifiable don't don't take that in because yeah. or be mindful that you are doing that because eventually don't let it be all about that. It becomes you. Mm-hmm. Right? You, know, the people you become that it. You become a slave to it. Or yeah, that part too. So. And I think a lot of that has to do too with these artists breaking through when they're really, really young. Mm. I think that's who you see have the hardest time dealing with it. Mm. Artists that mm. you know might not even have played any shows yet. How many of those mm. these new rappers perform for thousands of people before ever performing at an open mic or something Mm -hmm. it seems like um and then they just get thrown into this world which i couldn't even imagine Mm, yeah fame uh not everybody can handle handle that for sure it's like even on a you know empathic level um with just doing a show like an open mic every tuesday Mm mm-hmm Anybody who actually truly knows me and sees me like when I clock out, quote unquote, I'm I'm drained, man. It's a lot. Like, um, in the sense of just each person is their own personality and their own paradigm of thinking and they're coming with their own energy, you know, before and during and after. And everybody's influenced and intoxicated with, you know, wine or alcohol or whatever mm-hmm. you know um 
or food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, keep it <laughs> light. Which right? hullabaloo got that fire food, yeah, apparently. That, that fire food, bro. That food's fire. But, um, yeah, you know, and having to feel all that, especially when they have to perform with you and you have to por- perform with them, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, to, to give it a great performance is to truly create a safe space for however they feel and whatever they feel and allow that to flow and find ways. Well, for me, I try to find ways to allow them to be their best them for the next five minutes, Hmm. you know? Um, And I can see how that, you know, takes a lot out of you. You do it because you guys do it all night and it's so damn impressive. The fact that you guys that is exactly what you do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That show is crazy because like I've had to explain it to a couple of people. So like I've had like, you know, people, you know, we're to the point now where Matt, Matthew and myself will, will like ahead of time on Instagram or something like that. You know, the people that normally go and see our posts, we go, all right, well, uh, if you have songs in advance that you would like to perform before tonight, Email them over. Send, send, send them to us so we can kind of get them in our ears a little bit so we can have the show flow I'm a little bit better. email Matt right now. That song, bro. Yeah. You know, but like yeah. what ends up happening is like, you know, that show, a lot of people don't realize is like that show, Matt, Matthew, and myself, and whomever's like with us, you know, with, with on an instrument like that night, we most of the time in Common Denominator listen to whatever song whether we've heard it or not before that you you give it to us right on the spot as you grab the mic we have to listen we listen to that for like 30 seconds it's and we do our best take with what we just heard in mm-hmm. 30 seconds yeah. like ready go so at the end of the night like you just freaking drain yeah man. you know because yeah, you have to be so present yeah so so present and vigilant you know even even if it's just like even off the stage mm-hmm. you know um noticing maybe you know one guy's a little too drunk and he's starting to creep out some of the regulars you know, yeah yeah which to, you know, that I'll, happened i'll be on the drums like trying to wave down like the yeah. manager and you know be like hey uh we'll check this guy out <laughs> yeah, you know so just to be so vigilant you know all the time about and 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 at the same time trying to pr- create space and make that safe space for people uh emotionally and musically yeah it's a lot man it's yeah. a lot uh, uh, you know go yeah. home just, just i want i just go home like that's why like most of my i like just because and that's just like one night of the week you know yeah you and, do this all week yeah <laughs> you know sense. you know you got your gigs and uh, that's rehearsing but you're still yeah. you know i'd imagine you're doing long sets yeah Oh, on the, yeah, it's usually three, four hour gigs. And um, what's unbelievable too, when me watching you play mm-hmm. is like, it looks so effortless at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, but, and it sounds, yet it sounds so powerful. Thanks, man. You know, if I, if I was to close my eyes, I'd think that somebody's, <clears throat> oh my bad. It, <laughs> I, it looked like somebody's got six Shiva arms and just blah, 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 like going crazy, you know, yeah. on the drums. That's what I would think. Uh. And then you look over and it's just like you're you're calm, cool, and collected and and I do see that. I see you looking around at everything. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. Um definitely I try to definitely be very conscious of my output. Um and you have to. Um the best situations that you go into many things is calm. 
You can mm-hmm. be nervous. You can be anxious. You can be all these things. But maintaining your peace is usually the key ingredient to success. Mm-hmm. You know, in that case. A little, a little double neat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little double neat. <laughs> yeah, a little double neat. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. That whiskey, though. Yeah, what I observe, because I, I mean, I, I get it in a sense because when I'm up there, even though I'm rapping and thinking of these lyrics and I'm also see reading the room and taking mm-hmm. in all the energies that are going around, mm-hmm. you know, I'm moving out of the way for people and shit, you know, right. like very right. in the moment. Right. And then I also can notice when you guys want to wrap it up, mm-hmm. you know, so I can take, and when other people are performing too, I'll see. And I'll be like, I can already tell your cues of like, when you guys want to just wrap it up, mm-hmm. but you'll have to go to the, you have to keep going, you know, cause people are in their zone and they just want to yeah. keep living that moment. Yeah. Yeah. So how I want you to talk about a little bit, if I could get some insight on one of your like lo-fi shows, cause that's gotta be a little different, probably more similar to the DJing. Um, lo-fi shows, man. Um, shout out to Marlon Foster. Um, he, his IG handle is the basement presents presents and, uh, he's had he, he really, really renowned guy, but, um, he's had a huge impact in the last few years on Lake Worth specifically. Mm-hmm. Why? Because, um, he was really community based and really about, um, elevating his community and what he would do. He would put on like different weeks of the month or days of the week, like different showcases, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and most of them were like open mic based. Like he had one called wax on wax off where all the people who collect, you know, vinyl records, I don't know if you heard of it like can like vinyl records, um, they can sign up like, you know, like an open mic and they get a chance to like spend it like 15 minutes worth of like vinyl Sick. on, you know, through, you know, provided turntables right yeah so uh he then eventually made a show called the tiny gear concert um and that was pretty much producer based like if you're a music producer kind of like open mic style you sign up um and you get your time slot to perform up to 15 minutes worth of that's a good amount of time yeah it's a small little set (laughs) yeah small little set you get to perform either uh like up to 15 minutes worth of material, whether it's premeditated or on the spot. And the the niche was like, you couldn't bring any laptops and it had to be no more than three pieces of gear that can fit in either a backpack or your pocket. So this is like analog equipment. AF. Yeah. (laughs) Analog as fuck. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I normally rock the SP 404, which is like uh, a sampler where whether people know it or not, people get the quote unquote lo-fi aesthetic from mm-hmm. all the things that they like about it for the most part. Um, at least the second generation of lo-fi. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll sign up and I'll just play music that people I will either hear when it's released or not hear it released at all. Like you get the, like, you, you know, I have, you know, my music that I've released on all streaming platforms and stuff like that. But normally I just, on those shows, I just, more so experiment with all the stuff that I really actually want to hear mm-hmm. that I've made and, you know, and try to make it cohesive and 
you know digestible yeah to to the audience and um just flow and yeah. um you know like uh it happens the last the show happens the last Wednesday of every month so uh this one I'll be doing this one at next uh, week next week yeah next Wednesday and it happens at uh well it's a speakeasy in the back of Lilo's in uh Lake Worth so it's called the library speakeasy mm-hmm. you know and um yeah this this month I'll be doing like a Halloween set so I like that probably play things that are not going to see the light of day yeah you you sent me some Halloween beats, dude. There was a song we yeah. made a song, I think that was Halloween, right? Uh, we just never yeah, put it out. Yeah. It was with uh, Pineapple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the SoundCloud days, man. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately and unfortunately, took a lot, pretty much almost everything off the SoundCloud down. <laughs> yeah, I don't even. I mean, I'm yeah. sure maybe the SoundCloud's up there, but last song I put out there is probably oldest shit. Yeah. Roads, I think. Yeah. Oh, we have a you and I have a lot of music in the pocket, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we really do have an entire album. Yeah, <laughs> which it'd point... be kind of look to it'd be kind of cool to um listen to and maybe rework in a sense, you know? Yeah, we don't need to use the beats if you don't want to use the beats, or we could do something new, or we could do something live. But I think the energy and what I wrote to it. <coughs> And the energy that those beats had, mm. um, there's something there. It seems like every time, like, I don't know what it is. Like, I've always, like, championed you a lot when it came to uh, comes to, like, just free beats and things like that. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, did. At, at one point, I would, I would make things, you know, and be like, oh, man, nobody's going to want to rap to this. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'll send, <laughs> I'll, I'll send it to you just to see what, you know, just just so you can just end up going yeah man i came up with a couple verses and i'm like damn like prove me wrong right huh. like we, uh, i don't know we i feel like when we get together it's like we bring something different out of each other otherwise yeah yeah um like there's there's one in particular if we were to we'll talk well, <laughs> there's one in particular that i, I really want to finish with you that that needs to see the light of day for sure and you know, performing Diablita, that was a hit right there. People fuck with man. That. I'll spend that in the club sometimes and watch people bop to it. Bro. Yeah, 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 man. yeah, man. So that's a cool aspect of the lo-fi stuff, rather than the DJing, because like you were saying with the DJing, you're having to play this stuff and you're observing what this different music and what it drives out of people, the energy in the room. Mm. And then this is music that you get to perform that you're specifically choosing. For a reason, you know? Yeah. And um, I went to that Tiny Tiny Gear concert, what, two months ago now? I think I missed the last one, but this was mm. probably August. Mm. I think the one in August is the one I went to. Mm. And I love the vibe of the place, and I love the set. You did. You played a couple of her songs, I think. The one with six, Cardinal. Yeah, yeah. I did that for you. I was, oh, like, I was, that was like, cool, bro. I appreciate I like, it. You kinda, and people were bopping. You haphazardly mentioned that you were going to show up. I'm like, just in case you show up, I'm going to have that song in the pocket that. ready to go just in case, like, uh, just like certain songs that, again, just need to see the light, the light of day that, yeah. you know, haven't gotten around to releasing yet, man. Well, I appreciate the, you know, you championing me and, and giving me the opportunities to to work with you yeah you know 
because I do look up to you and see you as this very attuned musician, you know. And it can be intimidating, but I also just felt so um, inspired, you know. So to us to have this relationship and, um, you know, this creative relationship is, it's been a blessing, bro. I feel very honored to to get to know you and to, you know, just be able to work with you, man. It's It really is a blessing. Likewise, brother. Um, yeah. Thank you for that. Um, I guess the word I, I would really more so want to highlight is just inspiration. You know, um, you inspire me as well, man. And um, I just, you've helped, especially you're very key. I don't know if you know it, but like a essential part of my per- growth in personal music making. Um to the point where um, I wasn't so like, you know, everybody goes through this ugly duckling phase or a few ugly duckling duckling phases when they start making their own beats and Mm. trying shit out. And uh, like, ah, this doesn't make sense. Oh, this is, you know, who's going to want to rap to this once again. Right. You know? And like when you and I connected and funky Buddha back in the day, like, Go over every now and then to your to crib to the car smoke, or to chill. the car right there. You'd play it dude. or in the car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was. I'll, I'll play the play the joint. Probably this. Mm-hmm. In hindsight, probably the, the poorly, poor mixed, poorly mixed joint. Something fresh off the stove. And you used to bring it. Wasn't even on a phone, bro. It was like on a stick. It was like on that USB stick. You remember that? Oh, I did. It? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Damn. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And then, uh, but yeah, and then we would, we would, uh. You know, bop to him either in the car, or, you know, or at the crib, and it, you know, back when we were talking about like just outlandish ideas and concepts for future projects, and you know, you uh, definitely inspired me to keep going. You know, because it's like nothing was too avant-garde for you, nothing was too uncomfortable or uh, whack. <laughs> mm. you know it's kind of like you were able to get jiggy to anything that I, I was able to create and i was like wow okay like you're a key essential role to helping my shit make sense i see yeah 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 man yeah to give it that uh huh yeah what you what you do for you know like the musicians we've been talking about at the buddha like trying to do is to make give them that comfort mm-hmm. um that's interesting and that's a cool full cycle right there. Yeah. 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 We, we, we circled back in the parking lot. That's good. Yeah. This yeah. definitely has a theme to it. The trippy tea themes. <laughs> yeah. Let me just give a little sip here. Yeah, man. It's been, uh, it's been a hell of a ride and time just flying. Yeah. I hear it flies faster the older you get, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Well, no. the fucking earth is spinning and all that shit. You know what I mean? Now, man. Like, yeah. The same age they crucified Jesus, 33. Mm. Yeah, man. Now, how do you feel about uh, certain ages when you turn them? Hmm. Let me think. Because I have been thinking about this recently. Mm-hmm. Like right now, I'm 28. Mm-hmm. About to be 29 this year. Or, mm-hmm. you know, March. And... um 
that's a transitional age. That's the way I see it. You know, I felt when I moved up here and turning 28 and I was like feeling like I just kind of entered my prime in a sense, mm. like just scratching the surface of the, of being in my prime. Mm. And now I'm in this transitional age where I'm realizing that there's certain things I want for when I'm 39 about to hit that 40, you know, like that other transitional age will come. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I realized that earlier, always like, um, 24, 25, I kind of had already realized and had envisioned what I wanted. Now I'm still, well, the 24 is still, like you said, an ugly duckling phase in a sense, Mm -hmm. but at least I had a bit of a vision you know, to prepare for this and not being 29 and being freaking out that, oh my God, I'm going to turn 30. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to aging. Mm. It's a blessing that I'm here today. It's a, it'll be a blessing if I'm around longer, you know, and I just want to appreciate every single day and keep learning and growing. Mm. You know, every day is just an opportunity to learn something new and, or to just have a, a better, be a little better, be, have a bit better perspective. So I see it all as opportunity. Um, honestly, lately I've been thinking about when I'm 40, I want to, I want to maybe have a farm. A farm? I've really been thinking about this a lot. It. You already got the mustache for it. <laughs> just join an Amish village, man. Yeah. yeah, I've just really been thinking about that, <laughs> that I just want to maybe have like some land somewhere. I may be in Florida still. Like West, go West over here. There's mad land. Ooh, Sarasota. Or something. Just I kind of want to just be around animals. Yeah. I can see you that. You know what I mean? See like an older man, you know? <laughs> I've never Grays. done it. So who knows? Maybe I'm just talking shit. But I've been thinking about it a lot more. Mm. That maybe that's something I'd want to do when I'm older. Mm. I mean, yeah. that's um. There's a lot in that. You know, uh, peace, solitude, wisdom, the, the, the warrior at rest, Hmm. you know, uh, so I hear from that, you know, yeah, yeah, it's it's like longing for the day of where, uh, you know, yeah, just kind of want to, I don't know, something's calling me to do that. To maybe raise some animals, hmm. to just kind of, you know, still be close to society and civilization. I could drive to fucking somewhere and get groceries if I need to and all that at hospital. You know what I mean? Mm. But like be tucked away. Nothing too off the grid. And and have a horse <laughs> and ride the horse and chill, dude. And just still, ha- you know, have a studio and have a fucking half pipe and just have my own little area. Mm. And I don't know why, why, but that's something's calling me to that. But like right now, I am that warrior in a sense, and mm-hmm. so I'm giving myself these next ten years to be out here and do what I have to do or what's calling me right now mm-hmm. to do, and just follow that purpose and hopefully work towards that. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is my mom. That's how she grew up. She grew up on a farm. She really? grew up goats and you know in puerto rico Rico, yeah Mm. my grandfather and um 
she did everything in her power to not <laughs> not live like that. Oh, okay. Became a lawyer and became a professional and made tons of money and moved mm-hmm. to the city. And I've been in cities my whole life. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'd go to my grandpa's house and it was a little more. El campo is what we call them, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like a little more open and you see motherfuckers riding horses on dirt roads and shit. And so, like, I saw that too. Mm-hmm. But it would be a lot of work. I've never... It's not like I'm to run a farm. You, yeah, bro. Yeah, I don't know what that is. All it is is work. I don't. It would literally be yeah. work all the time. Yeah. It's, yeah. Nothing uh, glamorous about that lifestyle. I'd just be outside <laughs> all the time. Yeah. That seems like you, you kind of would long for that, though. I think know? it'd be cool. Literally reap harvests of seeds you've sown. Hmm. Yeah. So that's, I don't know if that kind of goes into the talks about. aging and stuff but that's just what i've been thinking lately and and that it is a blessing just to even you know be around and like i'll see old people or like co-workers that are older and stuff and Mm. you know there's one co-worker who she still smokes cigarettes Mm. and she's older and i asked the other one because she just quit and me and this other and the english teacher we quit smoking cigarettes around the same time mm. and um you know the the older one she's still mm. smoking kicking and i'm wondering i'm like how old is she you know because mm. it's like if you're i feel like if you reach past 80 and you've been smoking your whole life that's pretty straight to me you know what i mean like mm. that sounds i'm sure time flies and when you're 80 you're like where did my life go and i don't want to go you know but yeah i think i'd maybe be content with 80 that sounds like a good run. You mean like the age to go out? Yeah, yeah. Anything past that, I think I'd be okay with personally. Mm. But if I think my main thing is is the production of it, like to to produce stuff. If I'm when I'm not able to produce the creative things I'm I can do, then I think I've served my purpose in a sense. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, man. Um... I've noticed that, uh, at least a, a coincidence, I'll just leave it loose, where it's like the people that have truly served their purpose tend to be the ones that have that untimely death. Hmm. And purpose can look like and be shaped and formed in many different ways and things. And it doesn't have to be anything grandiose. It could just be something as simple as uh loving whom you loved for as long as you had you know or doing this one piece of art and releasing this one piece of projects and you know yeah. so i see that i've i felt that personally you know having a friend who you know, he's my best friend in high school and he was the person who pushed me to make music he's the person who told me to do things that I was trying to do when I was 20. And he told us when we were 16 and he was 16 Mm. and he had a very untimely death. I'm sorry, man. But you know, he's like, I I've talked about on the podcast and stuff and that dude sends me signs his energy is whatever. He's an angel. You know, he's, he's sent me signs throughout my life and is one of the big reasons why I still do this. 
mm. Bless was him. his effect. And it was short term in a sense, you know, mm. he died when he was 21. Mm. So, you know, it's already been going on eight years, nine years. Wow. Where, where are you even more so with that? Like, um, you said he inspired you with um, your art and things like that. Like, uh, does he actually have an effect on your artistry in totality? Like, where, how does it? How has his life truly impacted your? You know, art? not. I wouldn't. I don't know about that because he was always one who was real supportive mm. of anything I did. Mm. Oh, oh, Romeo, you're good at drawing, bro. You should just keep drawing, man. Just keep drawing. Oh, just so funny and happy and lively. Mm. Oh, bro, that shit was sick. You know, we, we'd get home, and the second we got home on Facebook Messenger, he would go, and he'd be like, all right, bro, today's word we got to rhyme with, objective. And then we'd, <laughs> we'd both send bars, like 16 bars, rhyming off of objective. Shit, and this was like all like the that. time. Wow, that that's beautiful. Incredible. and so beautiful. It was, it was, man. It really was. And um, so he just inspired me to be inspired or to inspire others and to just do it. Yeah. Just do it. And then the lesson from his death of obviously how life can be very short. Yeah. But also to just do what the fuck we're here to do and um yeah just he definitely all of it opened me up spiritually as much as i could mm. and um i went to his gravesite which was in georgia it's mm. in waycross georgia mm. his parents are divorced but they were they were out there and they met me out there to go see him and um we go back to their house, the father's house, after being at his gravesite. And I smoke a joint with them because me and Chase, we always got high, you know? Mm -hmm. They knew he smoked weed and stuff. Mm -hmm. I smoked too. So we all smoked a joint together. I smoked a joint with his parents. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling them how talented their son was, you know, how gifted. And I'm showing them, you know, some songs that he had recorded. He had only recorded a hand, two, three or songs, mm -hmm. dude. And put them out, and we were both influenced in that time of like saying the wildest shit, and <laughs> you know, just being the hardest, like craziest rappers we could. Mm. So he never got to like go past that in a sense to see what he would be right now musically. But this is crazy how life is. We we smoke that joint. We're listening to that. We get a call from the mom. Gets a call from his grandmother. And she's like, I'm just going. She puts her on speaker. She's like, we're here with Chase friend. Um, And we were kind of all gathered around the phone like mm -hmm. this, like four or five of us like this. Yeah. And um, she's like, I'm just going through Chase's writings. He has all these crazy writings. Oh. And uh, there's one that's just really sticking out to me. I have to I have to show it to you. I have to read it to you. Yeah, go ahead. And so we're like, okay, go for it. You know, like, <laughs> let's hear it. And this is, this is what it, what it wrote. It said, life is scandalous. This is the good and the bad rap. English, English period two, William <laughs> Pearson. 
Life is scandalous, so handle it unless you're not man enough. There's scandalers and gamblers and dirty money handlers, killers and drug lords, neighborhood street wars. Experienced it firsthand, now my heart beats sore. Mm. People get run on with no compassion. Different groups are known for clashing. Only got one life to live and it's short, so it's time to ration. Mm. That's how it is when every day's a struggle. Mumble trouble and chances double for you to get dug like a shovel. Mm. Come together like a huddle. That's where we lost it right there. We were all like gathered like wow. this. Come together like a huddle. Yeah. Wow. Properly planned repuddles because right now I'm a big fish swimming in street puddles. This mm. kid was six foot seven. And it's prominently that we live it constantly. Got voices running through my head. These walls are talking to me. Not to mention the disrespect that ladies get. It's crazy, kid, but progress is being made. The world takes baby steps. They mm. say the best end up either dead or in jail. But in order to save ourselves, we got to start with, what is it? If But in order to change the world, we got to start with ourselves. Mm. Wow, that's hard. Bro. 16 years old, he wrote that. 16, wow. I'm talking about iron sharpens iron, bro. Uh, yeah it's, that's that's a lot man and so and being in that huddled around the phone and right. hearing these and knowing that he got shot right through the heart whoa I'm and serious. dude yeah wow. and and him the size of him he was a six foot seven kid wow. at 16 you know wow man and uh so all those yeah that's prophetic like to the prophetic wow his and you know what was his rap name chastain apocalypse Mm. Apocalypse are prophecies. Mm. Yeah. So this dude has sent me signs, dude. Wow. In life that definitely get me closer to God and the universe in a sense. And like yeah. I see him as an angel. And it's a shame that we're not able to see his what he was able to produce, his potential. But oh, well, you already you already are though, by in a sense. Yeah. And I, and I, and I, you're part of that. When I, when I got that news, it's like, I need to keep this going, man. I need to keep this guy's legacy going and do what the vision that he had or try to try my best to achieve this. Wow. Wow. That's hard, bro. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you for sharing that. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, I wish I didn't fuck up that last line, but his writing good. was all scratchy and stuff. Yeah, it's all good, man. Wow. That's just no. uh, I have his writings, man. His mom felt like yeah, it, it connected enough to like uh give give me his writings. It was too hard. Uh, yeah, wow, dude. How long have you been sitting with him? Hmm? But how long have you been sitting with the writings? Was it was since, it around that since time? I was twenty one? Wow. And um Chase has a brother. His name's Chandler. Chandler makes music. So shout out Chandler if you're listening, bro. And I know it really affected the family and friends. It, it affected us a lot, man, that. And, um, but Chandler's also another one with immense potential. Mm. Talented, very talented. More of a musician, too, because he plays guitar and stuff. Mm. <clears throat> and, um, but Chandler... It's been known to move around. He was in, in Atlanta for a while, studying under a couple of producers. I got him linked up with Plush Studios where he was able to make some music connections. And so mm. he's doing his thing, but he's someone I need to check up on more. 
mm-hmm. you know, and keep and, close. and keep him close and do more with him. Mm-hmm. And um, we have another mutual friend, Marcus. He owns a an art studio in Orlando. Mm-hmm. It's doing really well. It's a fine arts studio, yeah. gallery, and me and him have been in the talks of taking these these writings and these lyrics and making like some sort of tribute autobiography you know biography book mm. with pictures of him and and pictures of the actual writing and then maybe also have it typed out kind of like how the rose that grew from concrete that Tupac Shakur book of his poems mm-hmm. where it would have one side would be the typed out you know that you could read legibly and then his scratchy writing or whatever on the mm. on the paper on the composition paper so i want to do do something like that hmm. yeah that's beautiful man at least maybe for the family you for know? the family at the very least that's what it, it's for really yeah. is to just have that yeah it's also beautiful too to uh, i said it once i don't know how under the radar it was but i'll say it again man the legacy of him is also lived through you. You know, you're a part of his legacy. You're a part of his purpose. You know, you at a young age, you guys, it was, it was like iron sharpens iron. You know, you guys, he imprinted upon each other a, you guys kind of like literally found the passion and your purpose at the same time. And you guys yeah. like inspired each other for sure. And all the art, all the albums, all the singles, all the performances, in a weird way, roundabout way, is his legacy. You know? And uh, I cherish that even now, even just the thought of that, because that extends to me. Hmm. And it's also personal for me. Without Chase, you and I wouldn't have the bond that you and I have. You're right. We wouldn't have met. We wouldn't have made some of the most fire records that nobody's heard. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? That's yeah. hard, bro. Yeah. You know, I'd be remiss if I didn't acknowledge that and honor that. That's um, that's hard, man. Yeah. Just to think about like how beautifully written and intricate life can be. Yeah. You know, the light and shadow, joy and pain, and all it inspires. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's incredible. It's fucking incredible how beautiful it can be, yet how tragic at the same time. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, I hold them, I think about them a lot, man. Mm. Still, to this day, all the time. And maybe even more subconsciously in a sense, you know, cause I do, I'll see certain things in people that remind me of him. Hmm. And uh, that'll kind of draw a closeness. I've seen him in dreams. Hmm. I just want to, I just hope I'm doing right by him. You know? I mean, from the way you described it, it sounds like you already are by moving forward with your craft and your art. You know, you said it didn't matter what type of thing you were doing. He was about, like, putting batteries in your back. Hmm. 
So the fact that you didn't quit art altogether, because there's some people where mourning it when people mourn a loved one or, you know, there's obviously there's different stages of grief, but everybody mourns differently, you know? Yeah. And some people opt out to just stop whatever reminded them of that person. Yeah. Which have different ways of dealing with the pain. Yeah. So in this case, you, I would say you're truly honoring his life to the, to the, the maximum by saying fuck it and continuing to move forward with your art, whether it's paint a huge mural on a fucking building or record a dope song or coming out to Tuesdays Mm -hmm. and saying fuck anxiety and nerves and bringing all that into a personification with others, you know, all that music, you know? Yeah. Oh Um, man. If he could see me now as a, as a music, as a art teacher, middle school teacher, Oh man. Cause that's where we met. We met in middle school, bro. Oh man. He was like a white Dave Chappelle. Bro, yeah. he was so funny, dude. Yeah. He was so fucking funny, man. Wow, man. And just always laughing. Yeah. Just a great, great energy to have around, man. Like this beautiful cat that's playing with a shoestring. Yeah. Yeah. He's going in right now. He's he's Lord Odin. Yeah, Lord Odin. Love, love the zoomies, man. Yeah, he's a he's a year old, so he's still pretty. Yeah, he's kidding. Yeah, vibes. yeah, he's beautiful, man. He's a handsome, dude. Yeah, he's cool, man. Yeah, yeah, fucking with the one eye and everything. I'm like, I definitely had to give him a powerful name and yeah. into mythology a lot. <laughs> yeah, I've been getting closer. I've been getting closer to the Catholic religion. Hmm. How so? You know, I mean, in what way? It's just because I'm around it all the time. Hmm. So I'm getting closer to God. I'll say that hmm. because religion to me, I, I can't fully subscribe, right, to religion, right. And I've been to the Vatican. I've had experiences there that I've felt certain energies, and but I do feel like. I'm trying to get closer to God. Hmm. What's weird is that God's already been close to you the whole time. Yeah. Well, I noticed yeah. that. It's almost acknowledgement. <laughs> I guess I'm trying to acknowledge more that I, that he's always kept me close. Yeah. It's it's uh, more or less just it's metaphorically and literally the same instance of me taking that person that's always been around and supporting that's like like matt brown right Mm -hmm. that's like me going one day me and matt brown always aware of each other's existence and maybe the impact that we've had on individuals lives and then finally go we should hang yeah like what are are you doing after this man Mm -hmm. like how how do we hang let's hang out that's like religion is like man-made yeah. Where others tell you it's too tampered by man. Well, that's my it, issue. Religion is literally well, I can't say literally because I'm about to give a metaphor. It's like let's use Matt Brown again, right? It's like that instance where instead of actually having a relationship with Matt Brown, I just have what I think is a relationship with Matt, Matt Brown because of what people say hmm. around me about him, where you kind of feel like you already know the guy, but right. you don't. You go to the source. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like me and you. It's like if you and I, you know, I, I've known you as 
like a figure, let's say, uh, see you out in the city, just walking around doing your thing, just thriving. And I only, only thing I know about you is what he said, she said, and regardless of how much it resonates with me and how much I identify with it, I don't have a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. Religion is literally like pretty much everybody telling you about this person. Yeah. About this relate uh, this, this one cool person yeah. or many people that, you should get to know and tell you all the things about this person. And you go, oh, wow, that sounds really nice. And and I guess what I'm trying to say is when it becomes a relationship, and you actually extend the relationship sincerely and open your heart and allow whomever it is you want to have that relationship with actually in and see you, you know, it it hits different. Hmm. That's like you and I are in your apartment right now. That that's going beyond the acquaintance relationship. It's personal, mm-hmm. and when it becomes personal, personal is when it becomes real. Yeah, a lot of people are afraid to open up. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's really what makes things fickle. Mm-hmm. You know. But as I said early in this podcast, when I want for nothing, I lack nothing. I wake up every morning and I'm grateful for that yeah. life. I, there's a, there's a talk about mantras. When I wake up in the morning, no matter what my day looks like, sometimes before or after I look at my phone, I stop when I when I'm mindful of it, I stop everything, shut everything down. And then I just say a prayer and the prayer is gratitude. It's just saying, thank you for this day. Thank you for life. Thank you for health. Thank you for strength. Thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for family. Thank you for friends. Thank you for prosperity, peace, joy, solitude, and I just go in and that's, that's before, like when I'm mindful of that, I stop everything and just express, like surrender to that, that, mm-hmm. that gratefulness. Yeah. Um, it also helps me be reminded. It also reminds me that all those things that I was grateful for and I'm saying thanks to and giving back you know, gratitude for is never promised. Yeah. There's, there's somebody right now that did not wake up from their bed this morning. There's somebody right now that probably passed away while they were on the toilet. There's somebody right now that didn't wake up with something functioning, mm-hmm. you know, even if it's something as little as a cold. Yeah. All the things that we take granted, take for granted, you know? Yeah. It, you know, of course, you know, um, it's hard to zoom out when you're human. We're all human. And, you know, we're all just more or less trying to navigate through the the joy and pain of traumatic experiences that are either nurture or nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, to acknowledge it all and be grateful for it all, even the ugly shit. 
even the deep, dark, ugly shit. Grateful for those experiences. No regrets. No. Because they all have purpose. They to, all have purpose. To help design with, you know. Yeah. When you do zoom out, especially from those, the darker stuff. Yeah. At the time, it seems like the end of the world to some people, you know. And, and so it can be heavy. What? It could be. It feels like the end of the world to people. You know? Yeah, yeah. Oh man. For yeah. some people, and and it is heavy. Falling. Yeah, it is heavy, but yeah. but when you're able to zoom out, mm-hmm. you know, as we look back, we're able to notice that those trying times are the times that make you either stronger or you know they change something within you or yeah put you in a position to where you are today yeah and so it is all part of it yeah it is all totally part of it man yeah well i have that you know being a pisces i think i have that that the duality the balance or not necessarily balance but trying to fine-tune that balance between the light and the dark yeah man pisces is the last of the zodiac and the reflection of all unbelievable so that's like you know <laughs> astrologically <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> have a, a little bit of everybody inside you pause but you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i don't know man I, I i just i feel that i feel that i'm able to take in a lot of energy mm. You know, can read rooms and read energies fairly well. Yeah. But, Trey, this was a pleasure. We're going to have to do this again. Yeah, man. That time, I wish we had more time. It's that time. I wish we had more time, but that just means we'll come back to it. Another Trippy T Tuesday, man. Yeah, let's do the Trippy T Tuesday with with Matt Brown, man. Yeah. Right before. We could do it next week, man, if we want. I guess it doesn't have to be a Tuesday, but we'll we'll figure that out. Yeah. It just helps out that it's right before Hullabaloo or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Already in that might. Head. I'm I'm free, so we'll work it out, bro. But yeah, for sure. Thank man. you for coming through. Um, I'm gonna have all your links, and I'm gonna have the basement presents link as well, uh-huh. uh, so they could catch your show next week. Uh-huh. Um, the Halloween gig. I want to say thank you for this opportunity and this time. Um, personally, thank you for opening up to me. Uh, again in a new way that that truly I feel has bonded us even deeper I want to say thank you to everybody uh, at the sound of my voice that can hear me Um, I love you all I want to say thank you to specifically Matt Brown and then the rest of Soul Fam Um, I am grateful for y'all you know you guys have made such an amazing year even more amazing like 2022 has been one heck of a year and I'm grateful that I've been able to cherish it with everybody and you all love you guys. Thank you. Well said. Thank you, man. Thank you for the beautiful conversation. All right. Peace and love motherfuckers. Peace and love. Always
show you flows that transcend normal life. You can tell I've grown, I send it overnight. You don't want to know the darker side of life. Always on the road, you can tell I'm out of sight. I'ma show you flows that transcend normal life. Speak with intention till I reach all dimensions. Yeah, it's just a piece of the sentence. Breathe through the seconds till I breathe in the Lexus. Believe and accept that I'm a lethal threat. Reckless like a lethal weapon. Wondering about hell and heaven. I don't know why. I'm searching for a I can tell it's from another round. What is this about? You put me under. Rain and thunder. Don't know. 